Welcome to Costly Conversations. I'm super excited because today we have my guy Mikey G from Black Owned World. He's on the show today and man, this is going to be a good one. It's a little bit different because normally we talk to guys about guns and stuff, but we we are kind of trying to expand a little bit in the sense that we're still talking about things that help the family. We're still think, talking about things that help the community and help the country. But today we're going to talk about something special, um, really supporting and taking care of our Black-owned businesses. So if you're ready for that, welcome the Mikey G from Black-owned World. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, absolutely. And just real quick, some quick housekeeping. If you would go ahead and if you're listening on podcasts, like it, follow, leave a review if it's Apple. If you're watching on YouTube or something like that, leave a like, all those things. And of course, the most important thing, if you want to support what we're doing here, click one of the links down below. It'll take you to the Patreon and you can see how you can partner with the show and uh, just help us to keep doing what we're doing because it's not cheap. It's very difficult. And but Ultimately, I love it, but of course, we do need your help. So thank you so much for that in advance, and on to the show. What's going on, Mikey? Like, what what are we doing, man? Like, I, I'm finding this YouTube channel, Black Owned World, and uh, it's kind of cool. What is this all about, dude? Well, it's all about supporting Black-owned businesses. I do review, I have review videos of products from Black-owned businesses, as well as interviews and a podcast with real business owners. So it's about... Uh, helping people understand what it really takes to get into entrepreneurship and finding more businesses to help out. Okay. So in, in a way, you know, it's funny because people hear black owned business and a lot of them, a lot of, a lot of people cringe, like, to be honest, um, especially if they're not in the black community, they hear the black owned, black owned business. Oh, oh, you know, would y'all would be mad if we said white owned business, which, <laughs> you know, let's be honest, that's just business at that point. Well, let, can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I like to say it's it's kind of like, I like to call them the stigmas of Black-owned businesses. You know, it, it's I would say it's five different things. A, people always expect poor customer service, or they're expecting a poor product, or even um, expecting to not even have the product on, in stock. You know, and those things, as much, I've, I've bought plenty of things from different Black-owned businesses, and truth of the matter is, I've only had three businesses that kind of screwed me over. Mm. Whereas the product would show up and it was broken. That was my mother's uh, Mother's Day gift. I was so mm. mad about that. And another one didn't even reply and I just never got the product. Wow. Yeah. Did you get your money back? I didn't, but like I said, that's three out of like 30 different businesses. It's really not as common as, as you think it is, I mean, do a little bit of research on the, on them, just like any other business of any other non-black business. Just do, do a little research. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. So overpriced as well. People think this. That, that these small businesses and, you know, black-owned, minority-owned businesses are overpriced. So, oh, you know, I could get it for $10 here, but it's $15 over here. Uh, let's just jump into that real quick because... You know, well, first of all, before we before we actually jump into that, I do want to kind of address um, something that you, you mentioned, and that's black owned businesses. You know, we're talking about black owned businesses, but ultimately you're what you really focus is on um, entrepreneurship. If I'm saying that word, I'm like, it's a tongue twister for me. Entrepreneurship. Golly. I had to look it up when I did my videos. I was like, I don't want to spell it wrong in my own video titles. Golly. 
No, no, but I get that. But it's, it's, I think even if you're not um, a black individual or maybe even interested in, you know, running a quote unquote black owned business, just the, the information that you have that we've talked about beforehand um, about, you know, starting a business and kind of being successful in that business. Right. I think this information will take really anyone a long way, especially if they want to be successful because, um, you know, who doesn't want to be successful in, in their in endeavors? Um, <laughs> but let's talk about that overpriced aspect. I think that's really interesting. Well, you know, it's, yeah, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of the products that are sold online from Black-owned businesses, they may appear overpriced. A lot of times it re actually reflects the quality that they have. But truth of the matter is people are so used to being able to go into a store and, and just buying whatever. Black-owned businesses have a couple more things that they have, uh, obstacles to overcome. See, shipping and delivery, some of these places, they they get an easier deal because they actually have a deal with, with the delivery group. So black owned business, it, it's about trying to understand how to be able to um, be a bit more, what's the word I'm thinking of? I mean, I, I think they would need to be a bit more understanding that, or have a, give them a little bit of slack in regards to, like you said, like, shoot, I was looking at buying something from a, a small business the other day and I was like, oh, man, I would love to buy this from here. But, you know, Amazon got that free shipping and it's $10 to ship it here. I actually shipped out the uh, the prizes from my big Christmas giveaway, uh, 12 Days Till Christmas. We had these, a bunch of gifts and I got to ship them out the other day and realized like, dang, it's going to cost me like at least 10 bucks a pop to, to ship each item. Some items more depending on what we needed to ship it in. So this was through uh, UPS. So I get it. Oh yeah, definitely. Is and then even then, the businesses that are selling products that they had to get imported into America before they mm -hmm. get it out to everyone, they they get hit with the highest prices, you know. So sadly, it sometimes has to trickle down to the customer. Not giving them too many excuses and all, but I feel like you you gotta give them a chance. And as you see them growing and becoming better, being able to lower their prices once they get to a certain spot. I continue to work with them, but I don't see that kind of, uh, if I don't see that kind of progress, then I, I'll leave them alone. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, man, I'm still stuck on that shipping. Cause <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real thing. It's like, man, like, Oh, you, you could buy it from Amazon or you can buy it from one of my sponsors, obsidian training group.com. One yeah. of the best places to buy gear. If you're in firearms, a little plug for them and you know, <laughs> use the code armed atlas at checkout it gives us a little kickback and it's fantastic. That said, if you buy from Obsidian, you might have to pay a little shipping cost, but you are supporting a smaller business. It, it's, you're getting it, the items at a similar price mm -hmm. um, and you're actually helping somebody to grow versus say, you know, helping Amazon to grow, which they've already grown. We've already seen how they treat their employees. We've already seen, you know, how much money their owners have made and, you know, you, we, we made their CEO, the former CEO, a billionaire who's launching rockets in outer space. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like, I mean, we made this man a billionaire. Sending that money into space. Meanwhile, we could be spending that money into businesses that will actually put it back into our community. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Let's talk about how basic, I don't, maybe you know the math on it, mm. but it, it's been said that when you, um, in the black community, the dollars leave much faster 
Mm. Like the dollars don't circulate amongst other people in the black community and in the black economy much faster than it is for other um, ethnic groups, if you if you will. Yeah, yeah, I heard it's only six hours that the dollar stays in the black community. Man. Wow. Yeah. Other other communities stay for weeks, uh, yeah, weeks to days even. So yeah, incredible. So yeah. it's basically as soon as we we get paid, we're going and we're paying people that don't really necessarily have an obligation to us. If we're speaking strictly about the black community. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, they have no obligation to us, so why would they, right? All right. I mean, it, here's here's the thing man and it's it's hard because it's like bro like who can who like in, in your mind like who should you spend your money with like okay it's, it's payday it's friday night mm -hmm. who are we spending our money with? okay we could go to go to hang out at what do people hang out at clubs bars uh movie theaters what, right. whatever bowling alleys do people still bowl i bowl my knees bowls that's good i'm not i'm not good I'm not good at all. <laughs> I'm I beat her, but it's only like 10 points. So she's she's doing real good. <laughs> well, there you go. So, I mean, but, and it, it's not even so much, oh, am I shopping at a Black-owned bowling alley? But am I shopping at a bowling alley that's owned and operated by a Black individual or a Black family, a family from the community? Yeah, and therefore, the money stays in the community and can be put towards things that matter. Oh, yeah. To us, anyways. To us, yeah, exactly. It, I feel like that's part of the reason why whenever a problem comes up within our community, we're so quick to turn around and ask the government, state or federal or whatever, to pass a law to help us out. Meanwhile, other communities, that problem comes up, they, got, they already have the money within their own community to go ahead and handle it, fix whatever the issue is. Mm. Um, one way that they're able to do it is they're able to donate some of their money to say they have a problem with the police or law enforcement. They donate a lot of the money to um, to the law enforcement, whatever it is, county, state, whatever, for the county, because it's on a local level, right? Mm. And whenever a problem comes up, they don't have to really go out there and, and protest or anything. They're able to just call them up and say, hey, we're not happy with what you're doing. We have donated this much money to you last year. If you don't get things right, you're not getting anything. Mm. That's incredible. And people don't people don't think about that. People think, oh, are you is this uh, some sort of like a, a, a bribery or anything like that? Mm -hmm. No, that's within the system. Like that's perfectly allowed. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, if you give us money, if you donate to us, oh, this is the mayor's friend, or these are people who donated to the mayor. He wants to make sure his his donors are happy. Exactly. Why would you why would you piss off the mayor's donors? It works on the political level, you know? Yeah. You saw um, when Asian hate the campaign mm -hmm. started up. Mm -hmm. Was it? I remember seeing um Nancy Pelosi was down in Chinatown talking about come down here. We need we hang out with these these great businesses. COVID's out, but it, you know, it's not the Chinese citizens' fault, which is not. It's not their fault. It's not. You know, Chinese government, Chinese citizens, totally different thing. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I ain't gonna go into all that. I mean, it's a constant conversation, but we about to get oh. kicked off of the old YouTube's. Right about that. You're right. Hey, who cares? So it's yeah. costly. But have you ever seen Nancy Pelosi come out and, and and really push forward for the black community like that? 
No. Why? Because we're not we're not really lobbying like we need to. And lobbying costs money to make things happen. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So back to the the question of leaving money in the black community and making it circulate so that we can have basically the big things like um, police unions or not necessarily police unions, but um, um, the sheriff's office looking out for us, especially governors and mayors looking out for us, especially like how can we just as a community and how can really any community like to be honest, because this is how it works, mm-hmm. really make sure that their dollars are staying in their community. Like what kind like how do you what's the first thing you need to buy? I suppose like what, what do we do? Well, I would say, like I said, that's why I started my channel. Invest take care of the the businesses in your community that are black owned. Therefore, a lot of businesses that I've spoken to, they actually do things to help out the community so that we'll be more independent. Um, I know Hydrate Hill Water over there in Houston, Mm -hmm. um, when the power went went out and all the pipes were freezing and bursting, they went out and donated bottled water to people in the neighborhood, you know? Things like that. Dasani wouldn't have done that. Deer Park no. wouldn't have done that. But because they're there and they care about their community, they helped out. You know, that's awesome. There's- and that's that's what business owners are supposed to do. Um, yeah. As in, if they have capital and and extra resources and availability, yeah. let's just we'll skip we'll skip the whole writing a check thing. Let's just hand out the water right now. People need the water now. People don't need to wait for the government to send FEMA to hand out water. That's right. not. I mean, the government's a big fist and a big hammer and they're good for starting wars, but they're not really efficient when it comes to saving lives and getting people the help that they need today. Right. Exactly. They, look they at got, them COVID checks. Were, oh, yeah. Yeah. Took them COVID, it took a while, you know, and we need to be more localized. It, 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 that's where it's really important is on a local level. Mm hmm. You know, we, we're in certain areas. We're in big, mostly big city areas and all that. But there's so many other communities within the big city that actually have more pull within within the uh, mm-hmm. government and politics that they take care of them and we get overlooked quite often. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the facts. And, you know, I'm going to ask this one question. Then I'm going to hit a topic that's harder. Okay. What, what the heck is wrong with black people? like why do we have such a hard time seeing people that look just like us Mm -hmm. and basically discriminating against them Mm -hmm. and saying "Ah, I want to spend my money with you and we talked about it a little earlier Mm -hmm. but it's like oh man I'm starting a a new business I'm doing this I'm doing that I'm doing an investing thing I'm selling soap and it's like "Mm, so what even though it's things that maybe you actually need on a regular basis. Right, right. Which I, I feel like those things, well, I'm going to stay on what you was talking about. It's it, it, themselves, first of all. <laughs> those, um, it, it's really, it's tough. It, it's like we have a, a real bad, I would say, what, uh, I can't think of any words right now. It's, it's kind of a stereotype against our mm-hmm. businesses out there. You know, it's, we expect automatically. I think it's because people will remember that terrible stories more than they would a good story. Sure. 
You know, something bad's happened, you're gonna tell everybody down the street, up the block, everybody. I ain't never been. And there's actually videos I found on YouTube where they are actually talking about, I'm never going back to another black owned business. I'm never gonna do this. This is what happened to me. And you don't hear enough stories where like, I went to this place and it was great. They they threw in some free stuff here and there. And they, I go here because they, they paid for my, they gave a scholarship to my child to go to a school. You know, you right. Know, Man, I tell you what, guys, I'm gonna just straight up say it. Um, you know, I, I have plenty of companies that I work with, like Ogun Gear, Obsidian Training Group, but and those those are two black-owned firearms accessory companies. Go check them out, of course. Links down below. But here's one thing I was talking to my guy um, from Obsidian, Randy, and he said, "Hey, for the giveaway, I'm, I threw in these things, but of course, I threw in a little extra. I threw in a this, I threw in that, I threw in this little handbook for this," and I was like. Bro, you didn't even have to do all that. Like, it's not you're not getting any additional brownie points from me talking about how you're throwing in all these extra stuff. Right. You just did it out of the out of the goodness of your own heart because you wanted people to win. Mm. And there's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of people who are cheap as heck, and it's like, oh, you know, you get the item, but it's like three days late and this and this and that. And I get that. But there are a lot of business out, businesses out there who are really, really trying, and. Mm. I'm not saying like if you don't really have the cash to spend with them to just spend it because you know I can be a little cheap myself like I really can be like it's it's bad but if you were gonna buy something anyways and it's gonna cost you ten dollars extra to buy within your community spend the ten dollars it's an investment in your children's future yeah let's talk I call about it the that. black tax the black tax I call it the black tax that's how I made that up I was like oh dang this thing's like 20 you know what chop it up to the black tax and hey, man. Each person, it's a whatever that tax is if it's a five dollars extra you're willing to pay if it's ten dollars or even fifty dollars it's whatever you're comfortable with I mean but think about it like they might you know Amazon's gonna sell 500 in a day mm-hmm. and you know some companies are only gonna sell five within the month yeah that's just that's just facts. I've seen plenty of small businesses, not not even just black business, small businesses, period, shut down or reallocate their um, their their resources because they're like, well, we're not selling enough T-shirts on this side. And even though the T-shirts are pretty cool, you know, we're just not moving enough product you know, in this season. So let's just pause that for now and do other things and invest in this way. And it's like, oh, man, we had a thing, but it's gone now because. Right. Unfortunately, you know, for one reason or another, people decided not to buy with them. And one one might say, well, the market will dictate what's actually good and what's not good. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if the market will dictate fairly when it comes to um, black owned businesses specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say one problem that we have within our community is I like what I like to call the uh, the hookup culture. Mm. A lot of us expect to get a hookup, not not ask for it. And, you know, if I get it, I get no. Some people get upset if they don't get a hookup. Yeah. You know, hey, bro, you know, I'm, I'm down. You know, just give me a free lesson today and I'll come by. And look, you, you got I've heard this from plenty of business owners and entrepreneurs. You, you got to you have got to take care of them so that they can take care of you. Mm-hmm. All right. You don't you don't. It's a certain respect. And when you go up there and ask for a hookup, you, you're disrespecting them a little bit. It, let them offer. If they want to help you out, let them offer it to you. Yeah. But don't go into a store thinking that, oh, well, 
this guy's black. I'm black. We cool. He's gonna hook me up. Like, no. Give, give them that that same respect. You don't ever walk into any any other non-black business expecting mm -hmm. them to hand give you a handout. Shoot. Like, let's talk about the sneaker culture for a minute. And nobody expecting to even pay sticker price for sneakers. Mm -hmm. So why would you why would you ask for a big old discount? I mean, I'm not even talking about like the little ten percent or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like serious like half like discounts. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, and he, you know, like I said, I'm cheap, so I get it. I get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> but a lot of these companies, they're not even selling one of these items, and you are their only sale. How are they going to start losing money on a product if you're their only sale today? Come on, man, be smart. Exactly, exactly. You can't get out with, if you don't put in, yeah. right? So literally putting putting businesses out of business just because. Yeah. Just cause, just cause. But another one is culture. Mm. Our culture is, is um, we don't raise our kids teaching them things. We teach them the, import the importance of equality, I'm not equality, um, education, things like that. But we never sat down and when's the last time your parents sat down and told you like, hey, make sure you, you when you get a chance, you always try to frequent a black owned business. I rarely heard that from my parents. I, I didn't really hear it from my parents. And I don't know if they just didn't really want to push it like that because it sounds weird. Like, hey, go go buy, make sure you go buy black. You know, it's like, that's, it's like, mm. but <laughs> mm -hmm. it's important because there's plenty of businesses. Oh, well, and to be fair, where I grew up, there were many, many businesses. It was, it was predominantly black. Like, so it was easy to frequent a black owned businesses or like a local on the side of the road were selling fruits or fish or places like that. Like that, that was normal. So that really wasn't a discussion that we had to have, but I don't hear it anywhere where it's like, yo, uh, I went to uh, granny B's definitely go shop there. You know, she's, she's looking out for the, for the people X, Y, Z, like just something to kind of indicate that this is, somebody you, you should really consider shopping at because they're putting back into our community because exactly. they are from our community. Yeah, definitely. It, it's, it's tricky is uh, because we want to spread it. We want everyone to know, but at the same time I was talking to over, shout out to Miguel Wilson over there. I was hanging out with them and he was telling me a story about how he likes to market to, to the black community. He doesn't want to do it so outwardly that other customers, non-black customers feel weird coming to their business. Mm -hmm. He told me about how there was a, a sneaker store that opened up and he put a big uh, a sign right out in the middle of his store and said, black owned business. Mm -hmm. People walk, this is a nice area. All kinds of people are here and people are just walking by reading it and they're like, well, I don't know if I should go in there. I don't, can I go, you know? Black people look mm -hmm. oh shoot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's like it's it's good to be proud to be black owned. It's good to 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 let people know, but keep it on the download at the same time because when you go to other stores, mm -hmm. you don't really know who owns it. You don't know if it's someone from the Chinese community, Hispanic community, none of that. So just try to try to keep it low, but we keep we'll still let each other know on the hush hush word of mouth type of thing. You know? Sure. Yeah, I think that's I think that's. That was actually going to be one of my questions is should black owned businesses call themselves black owned businesses? And so far the answer has been no. I've seen Stop it. it. Yeah. Get some help. Yeah. 
so there's some businesses that thrive on it. They get away with it, but it, it's same. At same time, it depends on what product you're selling and all that stuff and everything. Yeah. But yeah, most of the time, keeping on the hush hush. That way, because we don't want just only the black like black dollars inside coming to the business. We want everyone's dollars to come in. It's green no matter what. I want green color. dollars in my business. <laughs> got you, got you. And some people might might actually be offended at that because they they are very much proud of being black and creating something that is you know, from them birthed black. But at the end of the day, you might not be, you might be selling an item like firearms parts and whatnot that is kind of niche where not everybody's just going to build a gun or not everybody's going to buy a, a, um, a trauma kit or something like that. Not no, How many people do you know buying bulletproof vest except for people in businesses where that's important, right? Right. So, right. If you if you're in a niche business and you call yourself black owned, you are asking to die. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying that knowing plenty of great businesses that are black owned, targeting black communities in certain niches. But at the end of the day, if you if you really target soul food is one thing, Chinese food is another thing, yeah. Japanese, Italian, that's that's a specific way of doing things and that just makes sense. But on the other side it's like Oh, uh, well, if it's not for me, say I'm a say I'm Italian or something. I say, well, you know, it's, 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 not, it's, for it's, for me, yeah. <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I get that. I get why it might be kind of weird, um, being like, oh well, you know. But on the other side, I don't think I've ever seen a, like a non-food place or that's not like selling like cultural items that says Japanese-owned theme park. Right. It's not it's not really a thing. It's not yeah. really a thing. It's it's not. It's um you, you scare off you definitely scare off customers. Mm -hmm. Uh and we want like I said, we want everyone's dollars, not just only ours. So companies like um Shea Moisture, I've used them for a little bit and then I kinda kinda got away from it trying a bunch of different products. Mm -hmm. Um but that was that originated as a quote unquote like black owned business, except I don't know that they really marketed themselves as like black owned, black owned. Right. Yet everybody knew they were black owned, like the people who needed to know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you know much about them? Not about Shea Moisture, but. Um... I mean, you, you, I, know, I know, you know, plenty of black owned soap companies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Herb and Eaton. I got one of their boxes right there. That's a great soap i love it yeah are they pretty good oh yeah yeah it smells good it feels good like awesome they get they get they deliver on time they have stuff on stock it's great man you should uh you should get a code for them we could put it down below oh yeah i hit them up they don't know me because <laughs> no, no. <laughs> when i do my stuff when i do my review videos i like to buy it first and then mm -hmm. they won't even know that i did a video until it came out until they see it. Exactly. So when people check out your channel, just for people's reference, mm. all your all your videos are pretty much non-biased except for the point where you want them to work, you know. Exactly. I do want them to work, but at the same time, that's why I spend my own money doing it. Because I do not I I feel like if they were giving me the product and mm -hmm. I might be a little bit more lax. Right, right. Something you know, it's like, it so harshly. Exactly. I'm like, ah, oh, man, this thing ain't doing what I needed to do. But it, they gave it to me for free. What am I gonna say? R right. You know? Next, you know, you find yourself on camera. 
well, you know, I didn't exactly like this one thing, but truthfully, you hated it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to go too easy because it's, it, it is important to that people get a real good idea of what mm -hmm. products are. So when I say it's good, it's good. Yeah, the market will dictate at that point. Exactly. exactly. Now, how do you how do you feel like the response has been with you creating a channel like Black Owned World, which is all about showcasing um, products and companies that are black owned? Well, like, how do you how do you feel like the response has been? It has been very much mostly positive, like okay. ninety five percent response positive. Mm -hmm. um, 5%, nothing terrible, but you know, people are, hey, why don't you do uh, his, uh, Hispanic businesses? You know, why don't you do Indian businesses? I'm like, this is strictly for African-American businesses for me because I, I want money to stay within the community. Nothing against any other community or their businesses at all. It's just a matter of, I'm trying to help our people do what they've already been doing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I think there there is quite a bit of frustration or it almost feels like one of those like quote unquote like liberal talking points to support black businesses and stuff like that and you know I'm, I don't really so much care about the politics of it all but I think people do see it and they say they can get turned off by the idea of supporting a specific group of people and, and let's be honest having a business that's called a, a black owned business that's that's not really it's almost a grift in a, in a sense, not to not to call anybody out, but mm. it, it really doesn't add anything to your business. Like it, it's not it's not an actual selling point. Like it, what what product are, am I getting at the end of the day? Exactly. That's what really matters. Mm -hmm. You know, now some people, like I said, that like a lot of hair care products, they make sure they add black owned in there. Why? Because a lot of black women do care about their hair and they and, and it's very. I think that does matter. Right. So it's a very sensitive topic for them because they fit. A lot of women do feel like oh, all these products out here, it works for Becky or, you know, Mei Ling, but it will not work for me. So yeah. they really feel like, oh, my gosh, I got this thing. It's this is designed for me. It's for my hair. I mm -hmm. can't wait to try it. So stuff yeah. like that. That's what, that's why I said it depends on what you're selling. If marketing that way can work for you. But things such as. So, I don't know, selling sneakers, selling mm -hmm. toilet paper, things that aren't don't really matter too much, especially, you know, like who cares if you weren't using Charmin or something else? Like nobody cares. Nobody cares. Therefore, might not really matter to really throw it in, out there like that. Yeah. So one of the one of the questions that I, I actually had for you was kind of dealing with um glamorizing those other brands, not necessarily like local American brands, because you can buy what you want or even Chinese made American brands. I don't I don't actually care. But like the idea of like foreign brands, like European brands and stuff like that, like we as as kind of like a the culture, quote unquote the culture, loves loves their brands, loves the Gucci, loves the Prada, loves the foreign cars. We just everything foreign. Oh what yeah. in the world is that man? I mean oh. I get it, but what is it? <laughs> I'd say it's like pre-programming. Like with mm -hmm. the people that we look up to, st movie stars, rappers, whatever. And anytime you see them, what are they always wearing or, or something? You want to be like them. So it's 
people give, oh man, he's driving a Lambo. I want to get a Lambo. Oh, this guy, this person has a has a Gucci on. I gotta buy Gucci because I want to look like him. I want to be like him. When truth of the matter is, we have products within our community that are just as good, that mm-hmm. look good, and all that stuff. I, luckily, my parents raised me not to care about big name brands because it was just a fad, you know. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Act- Actively Black. They're a uh, athleisure wear type of thing, mm-hmm. athletic wear clothing and all that. I'm telling you, I was surprised. I tried their their stuff. Their thing, their their clothing, is up there with Under Armour to me. Oh yeah, it fits. It looks good. Great material, and about the same price as Under Armour as well. So I if they'd want to do a collaboration, they would. I'm mean, I think they're in Texas too. The wheels are spinning. Yeah, they, <laughs> that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> hey man, like imagine if we're if your favorite uh, black influencer teamed up with a a, a company that had its interest in the black community to make things happen. Exactly. Imagine. Oh. I'm not saying it will happen, but imagine. A lot more people, a lot of people working together, building yeah. a community. And that's what we need right now, more than anything, is a strong community. Man, I I would say in my personal struggles with doing this and saying, okay, well, maybe I should do some t-shirts or maybe I should do some patches or, you know, just trying to do things that will help to generate some revenue, but also offer value and, and services. A lot of this crap, you have to start it from the ground up and you have to be like, all right, who can I go to to make this happen? Can I find a good deal here? Do I want to go through these big established companies and keep making them rich and let them take a big cut? Or what do I have to do to kind of get started? Um, and imagine how much simpler it would be if we didn't have to reinvent the wheel every freaking time we wanted to start and we could team up with um, small yet powerful brands like uh, was it Actively Black or uh, mm-hmm. my, my home, the homie uh, Marshall Davis from My Sister's Keeper. She just started 2AM Apparel, which is um, 2A, you know, firearms community focused active wear for like morning jogs and stuff. Okay. Um, like imagine if we could all like just team up and kind of, you know, help each other out. So instead of sending my 20% cut from my t-shirts to Teespring, I just send it to them. Right. They can do they can do what they want to do with it. Imagine. Collaboration over competition, baby. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. I I wanted to ask you though, man, like is twenty twenty two. How do you start a business in twenty twenty two? Well, one of the number one issues, of course, starting out a business is capital. You know, getting that money to get it, get it running, get it running smoothly, get the materials you need to be able to to make whatever product you want. It it it, it it's tricky, but at the same time, there are ways, and it's actually, it's 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 hard, but it's it's really it's not. At least from what I've seen and heard from other guys, it, there's four different ways to be able to raise capital for your business. There's grants. There's business loans, there's investors, and even just hard work where you don't really go to anyone, but you save up the money yourself to put into it. So, yeah, I mean, with and honestly, I think the best route to go is grants. Mm-hmm. The best way to do it is uh, it, if you don't know, grants are is pretty much essentially free money. 
from either you can get them from state government, federal government, or local government, or even non uh, what's the word no, nonprofit organizations, <laughs> nonprofits exactly. And it, I think the number one issue isn't that getting them; it's it's a matter of finding them. Yeah, I would say so. I could just hearing what you're saying. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. Imagine if I could become even more independent and not even really have to worry about advertisers and not really have to worry about like, okay, are you going to join my Patreon community to really help me, um, you know, link down below. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but, but, but on a real note, like what if I could just say like, Hey, I'm just going to save up this grant money and then whatever, whatever comes is extra and we can kind of pile money high so that we can go to these big events and really um, connect with large companies that really do want to, pour into us with no strings attached because the worst deal that you can take is the deal you take when you're desperate. Yes. Yes. That is so true. What coming you, when you come into a deal, you want to have the, the upper hand, the mm-hmm. one that, the, the, the one that needs that deal the least is going to be the winner. He's going to get mm-hmm. the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I do see a lot of small entrepreneurs say, you know, uh, a barber or you see it a lot in like sports and uh, um, the music industry where it's like, oh, man, this person signed this deal, but it's horrible. Yeah, they got a million dollars, but it was a million dollars in incentives where they had to hit certain numbers in order to actually get their money. And yeah, that you see them in nice cars, but that's a rental from the from the organization. That's not their car, you know, and like all these different things that it's like, wow, like when the money, the, the music is doing good, but that's not their music anymore. That's the label's music. Right, they or, don't have this. Right, and I know it, music is the easy one to say, but even even when I'm working on my contracts for different advertisers, it's like, oh, okay, what percentage cut do I want when you use my code? Okay, mm-hmm. how much do I want up front? How much is it per episode? Things like that, that matters. And yeah. if you're too hungry for a deal, you'll just take anything. Exactly. And you won't. That's why I don't sign things I don't want. <laughs> ever know your true worth until later on. Mm-hmm. You get end up becoming successful. That's a, you hear them stories all the time about those old musical artists that be like, mm-hmm. yeah, we found out that so and so did this and did that, and he he was taking a lot more money than we expected him to be taking. Well, you signed on the dotted line. He's not doing anything that you didn't sign for. Yeah. You know, definitely. And it's it's horrible. And you hear about all these. Oh, this sports player was paying was, was getting paid this small amount or or um, shoot even. Oh, man, there's so many instances, <laughs> so many instances of you really didn't know what you were getting into. So that's where I think things like grants and really busting your butt to make sure you have a little bit of money as oh. you're going into your business. So you're not going to tank. And I would say just off off knowing what I what I do here and other things, keeping your overhead as low as possible. Yes. Those monthly subscriptions that you have to have for your software. If you have to use one that's a little bit more work, but you know, it'll kind of keep your cost low, get that overhead low, great. If you can go virtual without getting that brick and mortar, yes, brick and mortar is cool, mm-hmm. but keep your cost low. Keep it low. Yeah, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. I would say one of the biggest benefits of brick and mortar is that as far as for your customers, they don't have to wait for delivery and all that stuff. But uh, it, truth of the matter is, yeah, is it worth it? If it's not worth that, uh, that 
money you're gonna miss out on if if you're just um shipping it out. If you're not if people aren't coming into that store enough and you're making more money selling it online, you might want to sh- think about shutting down the uh, brick and mortar. I know a guy, I did an re- interview with him, Aquaquan's Tea Shop down here in Aquaquan. Uh, well, and <laughs> and um, when COVID hit, people weren't walking around. That was his bread and butter. It was, it's a very pedestrian type of area. And people walk by, oh, it's this little tea shop. I'm going to go in here. And as soon as COVID hit, no one else was walking in. He, he went ahead, shut it down, and started and changed up his whole business where you could go online or even just call him, order it, and he'll drive. He drove straight up to my house and delivered it. Wow. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. Simple as that. You got to adapt to different things. That's what I like about yeah. the you know, they are yeah, very adaptable. Pivot game strong. And I, I think that is something that I, I did kind of want to talk about, but I think we touched on it enough where mm-hmm. you really got to be able to pivot and see what's not working. Uh, one of these guys that I watch who kind of teaches you to be an entrepreneur, he was like, man, if something's not working and you've adapted a few different times, mm-hmm. shut it down or switch it up. Like do something, yeah. especially if you're actually working hard. And I think a lot of us get used to mediocrity. It's like, oh, man, I posted this picture and it got 10 likes. Unfortunately, in the grand scheme of things, 10 likes isn't enough. It's not what people want or people aren't seeing it for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Give the people what they want. Make it something that's essential. Oh, and yeah. maybe you'll have a better shot. Some people get stuck on what they wanted it to be. You know, when mm. it first started, I wanted it to be like this. Well, Fall in love with the vision. If it's not exactly, if it's not working, you got to change it. Mm. Maybe when you're more successful, you can come back and make it whatever you want it to be. But till then, you got to make a profit and you got to find out the best way to make that happen. Right. And so, I, I'm, I know you're not saying give up on your dream. No. But no. The, the fact of the matter is, if you can't pivot to protect that dream, to protect the end result, because the end result can be whatever you want it to be. But if you don't have momentum to even get you there, like you're going to start, stay at the starting line. And that's, I think, the hard thing. That's something that I wish I could tell many of my friends who are in this thing who maybe they want to do good, but maybe they're not. Or, you know, right. even even you and I, where it's like, okay, we want to keep growing and we want to reach more people. Well, how do we reach the most people and have the most impact? Because the numbers isn't everything, but the impact. Right, right. And you know what? I'm, I'm happy with my channel because... I feel like I'm getting the impact that I that I want. Good. I've had people every time I see a comment it was like, "Oh, this is great. I'm gonna buy this for my boyfriend." Or I'm like, "You know what? I made a difference right there." That's good. Made something and, happen. And I think I think that is something that people do need to think about with your small company, whether it's black or otherwise. Is your company creating the impact that you originally set out to, or are you falling in love with? Um, the metrics and the the quantifiable numbers as you're saying well we didn't make a million in sales to this week so you know did we win well but no but like the sales that you got were meaningful yes yeah yeah and, and i gotta put this disclaimer out i'm not saying go out and support black owned businesses just because it's black owned hmm. you know though just like the community should support its business its own businesses those businesses also have to support and, and, and take care of their customers and their community. Whereas if a business is not giving you the best customer service or the best product that it possibly can, then 
leave it alone. If there's a business that's not really giving back to the community, even though they might be seeing an increase in profit, I say leave them alone. Because at the end of the day, it's about it's about keeping it within the community. And if you're gonna hog it and keep it all to yourself, we don't really need you. We don't. And I mean, you can't you can't reward bad behavior. People do it all the time. Their kids screaming, kids kid is kicking you. Like, all right, fine, whatever. Person's like, support black business. All right, fine, fine, fine. Well, no. Right. Is this actually a good business? Is it offering anything quantifiably meaningful? Is it, I think, as many influencers and whatnot say, adding value? Are you adding value to the community? Yeah. Are you building or are you just yes. you get putting out the same crappy product that you put out last time? Right. Are you scamming the community? Exactly. Some of these people out here do want to scam, you know? Bums. And I think you got you got to call them out and calling yeah. out a bad business, black, white, or otherwise, mm-hmm. it's not hating. It's not. If it's the truth, it's not hating. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I think people will do that too often. I actually, I had a, a friend who, this is a little bit off topic, who had a, a apparel company and mm-hmm. she had to kind of pivot and find quote unquote her, her target audience. It was never necessarily a a black owned business, but her heart wanted to provide something for the black community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a good apparel company and, you know, make her mark on the world. But I I think she really had to pivot and say like, okay, who's actually buying my clothes? Yeah. And it wasn't black people. (sighs) It wasn't black people, you know, maybe like one out of 10. That's true. And yeah. part of that is the overall numbers. It's still, a, I mean, a business is still a business. So mm-hmm. everything has Bottom a line. balance to it, right? Right. Everything has a balance. You know, if whatever works to keep your business going so that maybe you can have a bigger impact later, I guess make it happen. And it's not to say that she doesn't have the, the core values that the the black community wants to see, which is really the core values that everyone wants to see, which is, you know, hard work, dedication, giving um, where you can give, supporting where you can support, representation where you can have representation, say, you know, the models that you have wearing your clothes, are they relatable or are they not? Right. And having at least a diverse group of people modeling your apparel is important, at least a diverse group. I'm not saying everyone has to be you know, uh, deep in melanin, you know? Right, right. No, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you there. It's, uh, I've seen, I like when I go to a website and I can't tell that it's black owned. Hmm. The models, all them different, different races and all that. But I know that the owner really does care about the black community. So I know that, oh yeah, okay. He's, he's got everyone chipping in over here. He's got everybody they're comfortable coming in and spending money. So and I know he's putting it back into the community. So it's mm-hmm. a great thing. Um, I've never been a fan of this whole uh, representation thing that they they're forcing on in movies, commercials, and all that. I, it's cool when I see a, a website where it's only black models, and it's cool. But are you really making yourself relatable to everyone, or are you only making yourself relatable to thirteen percent of the population that's black? That's tough because some people will be like, we got to do that. We got to have our own. And maybe it's because they're so hurt by just everything that's gone on and everything that they've seen and the trauma in that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you want your business to survive, it's got to be accessible to 
you know, the millions of dollars that you can get so that you can put it where it's supposed to go. Because what's the mission? At the end of the day, what is the mission? Right. If the mission is to have a successful business and create generational wealth to impact you and your family and so that you can impact not just your family, but your community and not even just your community, but your country, like, what is your mission? Is it to create products only for the black community or is it to create products that can create that generational wealth so you can change the world? Exactly. And that's what we need to focus on, the long-term game. Yeah. You know? That, that's what's important to me. And that's why I'm willing to have conversations like this with guys. You're not necessarily talking about guns, but at the end of the day, are we changing our families and our communities and everything that comes after that, whether it's the country, the world, you know, our, our, our counties? What are, we, what are we doing to change, to create the change that we, we've been begging for? We've been begging for it for a long time. That's the problem we've been begging for. Hmm. Instead of making it happen. You know, back in the 60s, 50s and all that, when we had Black-owned banks, Black-owned hmm. hospitals, all these businesses and everything, we had more intact families, hmm. which is the building block for a community. Yeah, See what I'm saying? So it's just like, because of that, because I feel like part of the reason why we lost so much is because we stopped frequenting. It wasn't because of um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, Greenwood, you know, things, I mean, green, you know, things getting burned down by other groups. Yeah, Seneca Village. Yeah, yeah like Black Wall Street got burned down in the 1920s. Black-owned businesses didn't really see a decrease. Black-owned banks didn't start closing until around the 1960s. Hmm. Stuff got rebuilt. It survived a lot of those 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 unfortunate tragic things that happened to them but what happened in the 60s desegregation see, see people don't want to talk about that we'll talk about that so segregation it sucked it was bad it was terrible <laughs> don't get me wrong it was unfair unequal but at the same time it put us it made us come together and made us work together you need to see a dentist you went to a black dentist you need to see a doctor, you went to a black doctor. You wanna go bowling, you go to a black owned bowling alley. And we had all of those things built for us, owned by us. Was it as good as the others? Probably not, but it was ours. Damn. And I would say, and I've had this conversation before, the issue with the overarching community is we don't have an ownership mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, everything that we can do to instill an ownership mindset, we should we should act on it as yeah. often as possible. I say people have a lot of people who get into business have one of two mindsets. It's either the entrepreneur mindset or the hustler mindset. Nothing wrong with either one. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the hustler mindset is about putting in the least amount of work to get the biggest outcome. And Which I, I think you you need a little bit of that in you. You need to have that that the brain that helps you to really capitalize on your energy. Because oh, yeah. a lot of these entrepreneurs, I mean, fifty percent of businesses in America, like forget the black community for like five minutes, okay? Fifty percent of businesses in America, I think they go out of business in the first year. Or am I am I quoting that statistic wrong? I might be. It's pretty steep. I think it's more than that. Shut down within three to five years. Mm. You know, that's because you had that. I was, I would blame it on having too much of a hustler mindset. Yeah. If you had a more long-term mindset, you're not gonna, you're not gonna spend your money so frivolously. Yeah. 
you're going to have something on standby. Oh, I, I, I made a profit this year. That's great. I'm not going to spend it though. I'm going to keep it on the side because something might come up later on. Right. You might need a new stove if you got a restaurant. Exactly. Some you people go out, you're done. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but when an entrepreneur mindset is about, and they, they spend more, their mindset is more about investing into the business mm -hmm. so that later on that business will do a lot more as far as taking care of him, his family, allowing them to retire, things like that. And that's what, that's the mindset that we need to jump more into expound it. All right. Well, the conversation is not quite done yet. I have one or two more questions. I, I know we've been going for a while. That said, if you agree or disagree with any of these things, there's a few ways you can get at us. Um, hit me up on Twitter or on the Instagram. I'm on Instagram more at under uh, armed underscore Atlas. I'd love to talk with you guys about these things and at armed Atlas on Twitter. What about you, Mikey? How can people kind of get at you if they have a problem with what you said or if they like it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hit me up on Instagram, sliding into DMs, but not, you know, in a weird way. Uh, <laughs> uh, hit me up on Facebook. You can send me a message. I reply, and uh, people leave comments in my videos all the time. I always reply, you know, sometimes just I want to ask questions about whatever um, I'm talking about. Black Owned World on Facebook? Black Owned World on Facebook. Uh, Black Owned World in, uh, in Instagram and Black Owned World on YouTube. Or you can send me an email at blackownedworld, no ed, blackownedworld at gmail.com. Excellent. So, so far, I think we, we've got a couple of ways you can reach out, but we'll, we'll keep this thing rolling because I do have a few more questions. Now, in regards to, um, somebody, well, somebody said this to me one time. They said, you know, we have all these things called like black owned this and black owned that, and that's not a great way to, to talk about your products because it doesn't really add a lot of merit to what you're selling. Mm. Like it's kind of a, a poor feature. It doesn't mean anything. That said, even if you have a black owned business, how black owned is it really being that if you are a black owned barbershop, do you own that building? Do mm. you own the land that the building's on? <laughs> do you own any of these utilities that you have to use like water, electricity? Right. And beyond even just those basic building blocks, do you own, or is is it is it black, not you necessarily, but is it black owned hair products that you end up using for your customer's hair? Black owned uh, 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 cutting tools, razors, clippers, X, Y, Z. Is your chair black owned? <laughs> is the comb black owned? Are any of these products actually, the little picks with the fist on it, are they black owned? I don't know. Made in China. <laughs> right <laughs> it's a beautiful grift <laughs> making all sorts of money on the black community that yeah. said all these different things are they actually what you think they are you think you're a black owned company but you own none of the infrastructure none of the means of production not like you yeah the, the trucks that your products came on go into the store that you bought it from mm. not black owned and i'm not saying that you should be discouraged by that but i'm saying Think beyond the barbershop. Mm -hmm. The barbershop isn't the end. No. For those who can't cut hair, like myself, I can't cut. Um, could you could you own the trucking company? We got we got a lot of truckers out there. Don't don't get me wrong. We got a plenty of black owned truck companies, and the number keeps growing, and I'm I'm proud to see it. Oh yeah. But what about the distribution um, companies? And not to say that those have to be called black owned because they we we established that that shouldn't be. 
right, right. But what about that? I'll tell you what. It's uh truth of the matter is I, I'm still for going that route as far as like, yeah, your materials and stuff. They're not coming from a black owned business. But we gotta start from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. We gotta turn a profit. We can't wait till someone comes out with a plastic manufacturing plant before we start making truly, you know, truly black owned uh black power fist pick. <laughs> you know, it, it it's like um we have to be able to start from somewhere and hopefully those businesses will be able to, that, that become very successful, will be able to come together and, and make something happen. Make, make, but, but, that's, but that's the key come, is coming together and investing our money. Because who, what one man can say, I'm gonna start my own plastic production company. Like <laughs> that sounds crazy. Right. Like, Unless you you raking in bank, like what are you a doctor at that point, or like uh, some sort of anesthesiologist making the most money in all of American professions, basically, mm-hmm. like what one man or him and his family or him and his two friends can come together and say, I'm just gonna open up this plastic plant. Like, how many barbers do you know that can just do that tomorrow? Nah, not much, not a lot, not at all. I mean, I'm sure there's some somewhere. But that said, what what I'm really trying to get at, to just to be clear, is we've got to learn to have some sort of collaboration and some collaboration mindset. Actually, a couple months back, somebody was like, hey, we heard that it was at Remington or something was selling their ammunition production uh, systems for a couple million dollars. And it's like, how many of us who love firearms can pool our money together into some sort of like ownership group? Right. And actually buy that and have a truly black owned, it doesn't have to be called that, but black owned ammunition company. There is one um, black owned ammo situation, but it really it's white box ammo that's been labeled uh, for, you know, and that, that's cool. But is that actually, I mean, it, it benefits a guy, but at the end of the day, a lot of that money is going back into other communities, which I love those communities, they're great, but it's not my community. I get it. I get it. I remember well a while ago, Master P was about to buy a a shoe, a huge shoe company. I forgot what it was. It was overseas. It was, but um, uh, was it Puma? Fubu. No, it wasn't Fubu. <laughs> yeah, Fubu. Oh yeah, I forgot what it was. But anyways, he was about to. I don't know if he got it. I don't think he did because I haven't heard anything about it since. But I knew that they put it out. He's putting in a bid for this business, and there's a lot of other businesses that they have no problem coming together. Hey, we're going to buy this guy out. We're going to, we're going to outbid him so that we can have this. Shoot. I mean, there, there are so many companies that they just buy up stocks and they, but by buying stocks in a company, they own it because they have a minor, majority stock ownership. Right. And even companies like Microsoft, they just bought out Activision. Who knows if that's going to stick, but it's like companies, people can buy companies. It's not, strange but if you don't have the money because you didn't come together to, to pool your little dollars or your little coins as people will say um like you have no chance and there's there's different opportunities that people say like oh yeah um these people want to buy like the carolina panthers it's possible but we really have to like come behind those people yeah and make it happen yeah green talks that's all it is to it that's all it is to it. But if, if Master P did buy that, all the, buy that shoe company, it would have been a game changer. It would, because 
avail like right at that moment, the stores that 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 the business had would have become black owned and and it would have been a lot more available, a lot more easier for us to. Yeah, I could have. I was. I was just going through my mind, imagining like, what if he switches up and start doing the basketball shoes, mm-hmm. and then all the athletes would wear those shoes, all the b- black athletes in the NBA, which is like what ninety percent of the NBA, started wearing those shoes. What if they did? You know. And then look, but there's a chance that they wouldn't because there's something look, to. They got, they got deals. They got contracts. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but. Sometimes I, I worry that people really don't see the vision, mm. and it's like, okay, yeah, Master P owns a band. Okay, yeah, 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 that's cool. But if it's not like the right person doing it, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, but it's not Nike. Like, bro, so you like slave labor? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, to, but like, even if we did, right? I wear I wear overseas yeah. shoes too, so I get it. I ain't no wrong with that, but. Even it's like Nike, isn't Nike made in Taiwan or China? Is like too? Somewhere. Yeah. All that stuff is over there. Like a lot of our b- stuff that we sell in our in our businesses, they, they're from China too. Mm-hmm. They, they come in. I mean, they have to be to get, them, to get them at the price that you want. Yeah. And God forbid you ever find a black business that's making American-made products. Mm-hmm. Those products would be so expensive, you wouldn't even think about it. I found one. I found only one so far. It was the uh, the twisted oh, water. <laughs> the twisted comb. It was on. Yeah, it was on Shark Tank. That little. Yeah. It was on Shark Tank. I like it. I be trying to get my thing curly over here, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks good. <laughs> but um, yeah, and it, 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 I found only one. Mm. But I, I feel like if we support enough of our own businesses. They get successful enough. They start pulling money together. Hey, we're gonna start a manufacturing plant. We're gonna expand into this. We're gonna we're gonna start a whole new one. And uh, I would love to see a black-owned uh, car car manufacturer. Wow! Like, think about it. it that 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 idea seems so far off. It's, it seems like it. It seems but so far off. The the uh, impact it would have, as far as say you you do you start the the car manufacturing. You're putting out nice cars. People are buying them. But also, you can have black-owned car dealerships buying them and selling them. People need to finance. They they finance them with a black-owned bank. You see how that keeps the the dollar right. the black community a lot. Absolutely. And that's you know what? Let's let's hop to this other this next topic because oftentimes when people are creating things, they they get angry because they're not getting support, as we mentioned earlier. And a big issue is. You're creating a product that doesn't really have a need or it's a one and done product. Mm-hmm. And maybe someone bought the product somewhere else and it's like, ah, one and done. We're, we're good. Uh, like if you buy a studio microphone, you really only need to buy it once unless you expand out in a different way. That's you true. Buy a, you buy a laptop. You buy one laptop every few years. You buy a car. You're not buying more than one car. It's a big purchase. So really for the, for the business owner, that's great. But... Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can sell. That's true. That is very true. I, I I agree that we need to, if you can, try to focus on things that are perishable, that you run out of within a week or a few months. Try to change up your entire hair care line, hair care products. Try to change up your, your self care. You run out of soap eventually. You run out of toilet paper. Go ahead and buy some. Do you really care if it's Charmin or Ultra? Like, do you just need that? Whatever. Change it up. This, this, we have our own toilet. I got one right behind me. Hold on. Let me see if I can. 
Freedom toilet paper. Freedom toilet paper. Yeah. Sounds very American. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to. It's, it's okay. It gets the job done. It gets the job done. <laughs> but uh, by the way, I have that copyrighted. Don't don't try to steal my stuff, y'all. No. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> tell Freedom. I'm going to tell, tell Freedom, hey, yeah, yeah, y'all going to need to cut me a check if y'all want to use my slogan. But <laughs> <laughs> Freedom toilet paper. Yeah. Gets the job done. Gets the job done. <laughs> Sounds good. Boss, somebody's gonna buy it now. But <laughs> it's close enough for government work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's 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 things like that. Things try your best to change your thing to make the switch over to things that that matter. Things that require a subscription. A lot of businesses are switching over to subscription because they end up making more money in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I found out about figures on my cell phone. You know, now I'm gonna do a review on this soon. So you probably want to wait for that. But there's another one called Tessix Wireless. I mm-hmm. like I like them a lot better. Um, but yeah, you, you're paying for your cell phone. You're paying your cell phone bill every month. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You, you're not making, you, you're, you're making, they're making a profit every, every month, long time. You stay with them for years. That's a lot of money. No, that's a, it's a huge amount of money. And I, I know I used to work in the cell phone game from on the back end over to the you know front office retail side and there is so much money to be made imagine how much money the bill is for the account owned by nasdaq the stock exchange company their bill is tremendous i don't know if i can actually say what their bill was but it was tremendous we're talking oh at least five figures multiple five figures oh it was a lot i know it was a lot Imagine getting a deal with, you know, not even them, some small company, one of the target corporate offices in your area, one of the hospital systems. If you pull your money together with a couple investors and say, let's, I know we we do these things, but I'm a serial entrepreneur. Let me get a few guys who actually got money and let me try to see if I can contact some people and find a way, mm-hmm. find a way. There was a, a saying from uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks, Russell Wilson. Winners find a way to win. And a lot of people, they just don't know how to dream. Yeah. Can we can we talk about that a little bit? Because I, I've noticed even talking to certain people, just because my mind works in a way to actually like, like, well, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. But I don't do just everything. But a lot of people will be like, oh, that seems like a bad idea. Or that can't be done. Or they don't, they wouldn't want to talk to you. Or they say stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of people have that negative mindset where it's, oh, it's not going to work. It's, uh, Dad told me the same thing. Like, he's, when I started this YouTube channel, he's like, mm. well, you know, do you really think people are going to tune into that? Do you think people really care that much about it? And I honestly didn't know. I had no idea if people wanted I, I, I didn't think I'd get over 500. I'm proud to say I'm at 650. So, Excellent. But, well, guys, well, quick, quick, quick. Hmm? Stop what you're doing. Don't even pause the podcast if you're listening on Spotify. Go to go to YouTube. It's free. Hit subscribe and share it in whatever group chats you're on. Because that's how we do this thing, man. Like, that's how we get. You might see something you like. You might not. But subscribe and stay subscribed. And, you know, watch a few videos when you can. It's good quality content. If you're watching the, the replay, mm. his stuff looks crispy. It's clean. He's put a lot of work into actually looking good. 
And that's why I was like, shoot, I got to talk to this dude. He knows what he's doing. His stuff actually looks good. He sounds fantastic. It's not trash. He puts a lot of work into making sure that his reviews are meaningful, that they're actually honest and give you a real, real opinion. Of course, everybody's opinion is subjective, but it's good stuff. And maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll learn something. So go subscribe. If you don't subscribe, we're not friends no more. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. So that's yeah. that's that on that. Mm. There's always going to be negative Nancys out there to tell you, oh, it's not going to work. Oh, don't don't start a business. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. No, I, I say go for it. I say go for it. You, a lot of people are scared to get started. And, because they're scared of, hey, you're, they're scared of failure. Mm. You know, it, it's, they're scared, to, they're scared that they, they're gonna fall flat, flat on their face and everyone's gonna laugh at them. They're scared that they're gonna lose the money that they invested into it. You know? Shoot, before, before I look around this place. <laughs> <laughs> See, before I started doing this, I, I used to make beats. I used to have people come in and record, pay for recording time and whatnot. And I was buying up, I was buying up mics and everything. I was like, man, am I gonna get this money back? Am I really? She was mad as I didn't. I I I'm I haven't. Will I? Maybe one day, maybe not. Probably won't be through music. But I already knew that I loved making beats. And I knew mm -hmm. this this was something that I wanted to do. Uh, that it was something that I wanted to do regardless if I became a, a huge producer or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I would also tell people because of that, try to try to get into something that you, you're passionate about, that you actually enjoy, that you yeah. actually like doing. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah um, you gotta get over that fear though. You have to, you have to, you, have, you gotta be okay. Entrepreneurs, they become entrepreneurs because they're, they were afraid at first, but they learned to bet on themselves. And I envied people, entrepreneurs about that. I really envied them for that because I've always lived a stable life, two-parent household, all that, got a good job, all that stuff. But to be able to be like, you know what? I'm quitting. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to put my heart, blood, sweat into. And I'm going to make it happen. And that's a gift to have. That's a true gift to have. So I'm not saying everyone quit your job today and start. No, no. If you if you can, build it up slowly. Take your time. Enjoy. If you, if you can make enough money, save up enough to start your own business, go for it. But I've also heard from plenty of entrepreneurs, I had a dollar in my name. I moved up here and I started my business and look where it is today. Yeah. What would you say to a more established um, entrepreneur who say they're they're in the black space, or maybe they're not even black, but they they're a more established entrepreneur? Yeah. What would you tell them about the next generation of entrepreneurs who wanna who wanna come up and do right? Ooh. I would tell them to make sure you cross the T's, dot the I's. Make sure yeah. you learn what you're getting into. Learn the craft. This stuff takes time, you know? And you gotta be okay with that. You gotta be okay with that. Have a plan ready to go. A lot of people thinking, oh, I'm gonna start it and then I'm gonna blow up. Like, no, that's that happens rarely. Not saying it's impossible, but it happens rarely. So 
be willing to put the time in, put in the work. Oftentimes they say that a lot, but you don't truly know. Yeah. They'll be looking at other, I, I want to get into start my own business because I know this guy and that guy, look at them, they got a great life. Yeah, you see the glamour, but you don't see the days where he was like, oh man, I rented this out and the, the AC broke. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. You don't know those days with how many ramen noodle nights he had to he had to have. You just see him in a nice new car. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of sacrifice with the game. Not trying to change it. Not trying to chase people off or scare people off. Just want you to have an idea of what you're getting into. No, and that's that's a fantastic point. And I think one thing I was talking to somebody else who did this YouTube thing a little while ago. And they, we were talking about like, why are people so scared of collaborating? Mm. And it reminds me of a situation where I was like, man, two people were trying to do something and they were like, hey, you know, I got, I got somebody who, who actually does this thing that you want to do. Mm. Maybe we could team up with them and do it under their umbrella. And the person was like, nah, I could just do it myself. <laughs> and uh, I was like, dang, like, that's dumb. Right. Why not work with someone else? Why not learn from them? You know, you don't ever think you know everything about something. You, you're always down. Mm -hmm. to, they might know a tax, a, a tax move that you don't know about. Oh, yeah, I know this loophole in taxes. We could save thousands. Well, that but that's I think that's why so many businesses fail is because we don't know how to collaborate. Yeah. And we don't know how to learn the tricks of the trade that that get get you through this system because it the, that that hard road where the first two, three years you're struggling or you're not making money, but you're losing money. Right. Like what if we could cut that time in half? Cause I can introduce you to the right people that, that apprenticeship mindset is largely gone. I think it is, it is. I'm right now. I mean, even with this generation, a lot of the jobs that people want white collar, blue collar, I mean, not blue collar, but people are actually running away from the blue collars, you know? And those jobs are actually quite lucrative, especially in the entrepreneurship realm. You know, truck drivers, they get paid a lot. Sure, they don't have to wear a suit to work. But that's an important job, especially nowadays. You, supply chain is ridiculous out here. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, I mean, we, we've seen what ha what's happened at the at the docks due to the uh, the uh, uh, Modella virus. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. and we've, we've been struggling but there are plenty of opportunities. In fact, it's, it's, it is interesting to see how many jobs are available, but also how many entrepreneurs have been born in this. How many people are like, shoot, I could rent out a truck and I can get a contract working for FedEx and I can be a contract worker making all this extra bread that their employees aren't even making. Mm -hmm. Or I can create my own shipping company. I can create my own food service company. I can go contract with uh, five of the Chick-fil-A's in my area and mm -hmm. basically hire a bunch of people to use their cars and run their run their orders. I mean, you could come up with anything. I just gave somebody an idea. Could just send me a DM, tell me you used it, and I'll feature you on the show. <laughs> it's a good idea. <laughs> right, like, right. Go out there and work with these established businesses mm -hmm. and get you some bread. Like, you don't have to create the wheel out of nothing. You don't have to like just come up with some crazy idea where it's like, okay, so we're going to do this and we're going to create a new type of sock, which cool, but you ain't got to do all that. Right. Right. No, I, but 
I would say one of the reasons why people don't collaborate so much is they just they want to be the top dog. A lot of people want to be the top, especially when you're an entrepreneur. Those are those are kind of like alpha type of guys. They they have that mindset. This I'm going in. I'm you know I want to I'm gonna make this happen. And sometimes your ego gets in the way. Mm. Now ego is ego is a killer. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's that's the thing with everything. I mean we talk in the in the firearms world. Um, when you go to the range, you got to put away that ego, especially when you're training and whatnot. You got to put it away because that'll get you killed. Like you start doing something you think you know better, and somebody's telling you like, "Hey, I'm telling you, don't do that. It's going to get you hurt, or it's not going to be effective." Right. But at the end of the day, you you've got to be able to put that away so you can open your eyes to and, and be flexible and learn a thing. Mm-hmm. Your ego will 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 get in the way and will blind you from the opportunities. And that's just that's just the way it is, man. Yeah, it's definitely a rewiring that needs to occur mm-hmm. from seeing each other as competition and see each other more as companions. Collaboration over competition, man. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I'll make it happen, man. I'm saying I'm so thankful that you uh, decided to collaborate with me. I know your YouTube channel doesn't really talk so much about firearms, but you have done some stuff and I think you'll have a few more things in the future that have to do with it. I know that's generally what we've been talking about, but ultimately at the end of the day, what are firearms for? Firearms are for for protecting you and your family. And you know, that's, that's what we want to work on is protecting us and our family building and protecting and you are doing that by making sure that we're taking a look at some brands that deserve deserve a look and letting us know when a brand really doesn't need our need our hard-earned cash. Uh, thank you so much for collaborating, bro, coming on the show and really just chopping it up on these things. Hopefully, I'm sure we've offended at least one or two people. Let's have a conversation. That's what this is all about, constant conversations. Hit us up in our DMs. We, we're, we're big boys. We can take it. And... Yeah. Um, Man, Mikey G, thank you so much for coming on, man. My Black Owned World, Mikey G. What's up, man? Thank you, bro. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's always a good conversation with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, likewise, bro. And to everybody who's watching or listening, like I said earlier, please like, comment, subscribe, share, share with a few people if you th- if you found this conversation valuable. And of course, as always, keep it costly. Yeah.